Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't have to press your face into it either. You can just sort of. I'll do it how I do it. Fine, you do it the way you do it. See if I care. What are you going to be like that for? <laughs> You're just not rad anymore. <laughs> Gnarly. Dude. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm going to. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to forgive you for making me watch this film just for the right. Good film. Well, it's not a good film. Jesus Christ. Think of all the things worse you could have been doing for an hour and a half. <sighs> How much time do I have? <laughs> hell, hell hostage by Boko Haram. I could have let Trump explain world politics to me. Now I'd still rather have that. You I could have been like... actually riding hell track. And risk losing my testicles? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh my god. Okay, let's just do this. Welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies that no one likes. (laughs) I'm Farron, and this episode is going to be Exhibit A in my soon-to-be-convened murder trial. And I'm joined today by Raimi, who unfortunately died a grisly death in about an hour. Hey everyone, again this is movies we thought were cool, turned out to be movies I thought were cool. Yeah, this is this is a split decision, I think we're gonna say. Oh my god. So we're talking we're talking about Rat, which is like totally rad, dude. And it premiered on the twenty eighth of March, nineteen eighty six, and it was directed by Hal Needham, who's known for his well his Burt Reynolds movies, he's like Cannibal Run, Smokey and the Bandit, you know, really high class, really well really well-regarded films that have aged beautifully. Um, it was written by Sam Bernard and Jeffrey Edwards. It took two people to write those. I wonder if they... That was the two different movies that we were two different, watching. Yeah, the two different movies we were watching. Yeah, no kidding. And it's starring Bart Connor. And wasn't he in a movie called, like, was it Love of the Dirt or something like that? It was, yeah, some real winner. He's, he's had an amazing career on television, probably between drinking bouts, trying to forget that he did this film. And then Lori Loughlin, and she was in what? What did you say she was in? Full House. Full House, that's right. Bill Allen, Ray Walston, who who played like Boothby, the uh, groundskeeper at Starfleet Academy, and Talia Shire, who produced this, and I'm convinced filmed all of her scenes in two days. She she's like Adrian in uh, in uh, what do you call it in Rocky, and she was uh, wasn't Michael Corleone's sister in Godfather. Godfather, yeah. Actual quality films, but I digress. Okay, Raimi, you got to tell me why you made me watch this this <laughs> this film. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we talk about movies we thought were cool, and we're going through the list. And you know, this movie came up, and it's a nostalgic film for me as a kid growing up in the '80s. We did a lot of bike riding, and for those kids today, that's these things with two wheels that you have to go outside to use. 
But uh, we did a lot of that growing up and watched this film. And I actually did some BMX racing after this movie. And because was, of this movie? Because of this movie. I was number 33. Were you really? Rad. Seriously? It was totally oh rad, yeah. So, I mean, it is a bit of a, a jock film. And I, I know that there's not a lot of... Maybe depth to it, obviously. There's not a there's or not a skill. lot of layers. It's or just skill. It's just gnarly <laughs> or uh, artistry. But uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, kind of one that influenced my childhood, and and we were outdoor kids and kind of like this. Like we kind of had the cool <laughs> desire to win this big race or be cool because sponsorships were something of the eighties. I and that was well, uh, my first e- imagine, my yeah. first exposure to. Yeah. Those types of sponsorships. Well, I tell you what, you're, you, the way this movie inspired you, clearly it inspired a whole lot of people because this movie was a blockbuster. It made, let me check, get my figure right, $2 million. So what's that relate to 2018 money? $2 million? $2 million. I don't know, what's, what, what's the inflation rate on zero? But <laughs> no, it's, it. oh God. So you, you saw this, so this came out in 86. You, what year were you born in? 80. Okay, so you didn't see this when it came out. No, it would have been probably late 80s, early 90s, because it would have been something I maybe saw in Calgary, because that's when I was BMX racing and doing all that, so it would have been early 90s. Seriously? Probably the first time I saw it, yeah. That's totally rad. Dude. Totally awesome. Dude, awesome. There was a a couple movies that came out uh, similar to this genre. There was one called Thrashin', which I won't make you watch. I've heard of that one. It's a skateboard movie. Skateboard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't there like a, a movie like that with uh, Christian Slater called Gleaming the Cube? Probably something like that. Yeah, a I bunch just... of the, a bunch of these kind of sporty movies came out that were but extreme. Yeah, they're sports. not. They're not. Uh, they're not really substance based because, believe it or not, Farron, in the eighties, there were kids that <laughs> didn't have the depth and the geekiness to to be critics. And I, I know with movie critiquing, it's tough because. When you I did a, a whole po- I did a whole podcast on Transformers the movie. Let's not get too snooty here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I just I, I think it's funny because uh, I have a hard time being critical of movies because what is the point of a movie to entertain you? And at the end of this, with my upbringing, with you know, it relates to me. And yeah, watching it today with a more critical <laughs> mind, I agree. There's not a whole lot of movie value. It's not the best actors in the world. Not the best cinematography. I'm mostly sure the soundtrack didn't sell a billion <laughs> copies, um, but it's entertaining. I walk away from that movie and I say, "Cool." I don't know what you're talking Rad. about. That that soundtrack is gonna stick with me until the the end of my days. If these kids That's... were playing Dungeons and Dragons, you'd be like, "Best movie ever." <laughs> Probably not, because I've seen movies about Dungeons and Dragons made in the '80s. There was Mazes and Monsters with Tom Hanks and. Also a bad film, by the way. But, uh, yeah, just... Ugh. So, now that you're watching it, and you've... As you say, you're watching it with a more critical eye. What what sort of stands out to you as the most rad part of rad? Um, Dude. Uh, it's just the underdog story. It's the, one of the first underdog stories I was maybe exposed to. And, you know, you get up... I don't know if you've seen... Uh, if you've seen Dodgeball. And they've kind of put a I think, comical yeah, yeah, yeah. spin yeah, yeah. on the underdog. It's, it is the underdog story. Oh, this movie's pretty funny. It's actually, it's, yeah, <laughs> funny not for the comedy written yeah. into it, but funny yeah. for the comedy it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was one of the first underdog stories I saw. And, you know, even watching it now, I'm like, you know, it's this local kid wants to get into the big world. And it gives that, you know, we talked about Indiana Jones. And obviously, I wouldn't compare this to an Indiana Jones. Oh, come on now. In the, the sense cinematography. Of, yeah. The soundtrack. In, in the sense of what it is. But, you know, I can compare it to uh, to the the. Dis- 
us as kids and, and it's a real 80s movie that ability to just be somebody and go be the crusader that indiana jones is or go be this professional bmx bike rider that crew jones is crew 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 there's a name rad for racing you're gonna name your child you're gonna name your son after i that? actually want, kind of want to get a rad racing t-shirt i should have worn one today i should have ordered it <laughs> wore my rad racing oh, t-shirt God. no so that's i mean that's really it it says this isn't a movie where i'm going oh man i can't wait to show this to my kids or this is the best movie ever i can't believe it did so uh poorly in the box office but all in all i mean it's it's to me it's an entertaining movie but i'll take your word for it yeah what stands out to me is i'm sorry it's is just the the sheer awfulness of the acting like they went to they filmed this in cochran alberta though it takes place in cochran usa i guess it was easier than changing all the signs during (laughs) filming it's just like the the sheer amateurishness of the acting for me, made it blood-curdlingly painful. Um, I mean, it's funny, the things that they take so seriously. Like, we're going to definitely cover that dance, you know. Um, right. Someone sat down, like, apparently two guys. Let's name them for shame. Uh, Sam Bernard and Jeffrey Edwards sat down and said, you know what, I think it'd be, like, super dramatic and kind of romantic. Let's have them dance badly. Bike dance. And then bike dance. Hot. Like oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! With the two guys in their Battlestar Galactica outfits, that uh, was uh, oh my yeah. It's this this film sucks. <laughs> That's what stands out to me. So let's sort of go through this not scene for scene because I I, I don't want to die um, or, or or kill you today. Um, we have two more movies to do this weekend, and I want to get through them. I'll murder you after. <laughs> so it starts off with. These well actually starts off with the credits where they obviously had hired I'm guessing a bunch of actual BMX racers or freestylists or whatever. I didn't check this time, but I think when I watched this a while ago, I looked mm-hmm. it up and I think those guys are like in the hell track, the main race at the end. I think a bunch of those guys are actual BMX riders oh, yeah. from you, the world. You couldn't so have I actually done that race. Guys, yeah. yeah, you couldn't have done that. Like the race, like this all builds up to the hell track race, uh, conveniently done by Boothby, <laughs> the groundskeeper from Starfleet Academy. You couldn't have used actors for those. That would have been, well, I don't think any insurance company would have no. would have allowed that. Yeah, so it starts off with just sort of these random guys doing BMX stuff, like acrobatics and you know bouncing on their bikes and uh, sure. Like I, I'm not sure what any of that is. Like I, I, I don't admit to being a particularly great but um, bicyclist. I think I think last time I had my butt on a bicycle seat, I was like. Seven, and I was not totally rad, dude. <laughs> I was gnarly. But it's funny because as a kid, of course, I wanted a bike. Because every, all my all my friends had bikes. And so I said, you know, my parents said, get me a bike. And I figured they're going to come home with this BMX bike. But they came with, like, this old person's bike. You know, like the ones, oh, like... the basket on the front? And not the... quite that bad, but damn close. And I remember looking at the thing, I can't... I can't be seen with that thing with all my friends that there be, and it just it sat. It never got. If you probably still had it, and it was new. It probably, probably worth, worth a mint. Yeah, probably <laughs> all worth these five kids today bucks. love all this like seventies and eighties. Yeah, it was just stuff. You know what it was? My parents were not cool, and so they they I, I was not specific, and it never occurred to me that there were other bikes. To me, back then there were the ten speed bikes, which were for you know grown ups, and there was BMX bikes, which was what all the kids had. Because after all, that's what they had in ET. Right. Yeah. And you and, not being rad growing up really surprised me. Looking around your room, you look like a guy that was rad. Absolutely. Mind you, in the well, right group, you are pretty rad. And that's 
And that, that's the cool thing about movies like this is it, it or or maybe the the one of the downfalls for a movie like this is it only captures a certain audience. Yeah, and, and that's, that's and I'm not saying that it means that every rad gnarly bike rider out there thinks this is such a cool movie. But in the '80s, it was probably <laughs> You're pretty cool. so defensive about this film. Yeah, it's it's it, you know it, it's it's not the it's not it's not the subject matter of the film that I dislike. Right. It's it's the, yeah. that is such a bad film. But and, and that's yeah. the hard part for me is and it's funny that we're doing this podcast and and I think part of the reason I signed up is I enjoy watching movies and. Yeah. I enjoy looking more into the critical side of a movie, yeah. like looking at directors and how many writers it takes to write Commando and write this. <laughs> that was three, by the way. Yeah, three three writers. Um, but uh, but it's it's more for me. Um, I I'm a I'm a surface movie kind of guy. I don't I don't think you know. You've got a theatrical background. You have a drama queen in high school. The, yeah, the, the so, good kind. So but, you, uh, you you love the, you know, you, yeah. you're looking for the acting. You're looking for the deep stories. You're yeah. looking for the cinematography, the, the, the music, the music oh, score yeah. and all that. And that's, for me, part of this podcast is moving me that way more. And honestly... I agree. This movie's crap when you look at that stuff. This <laughs> but if it has a good place in your heart, but, I mean, but that's part of a movie is is what are you trying to do when you capture an audience? Yeah. You're trying to capture those relate re, relatable. So my defensiveness is that I'm very. This movie's very relatable Fair to enough. me. But when it comes to if we're just doing a movie. Siskel and Ebert, thumbs up and down. Yeah, it's a crap movie. This is not. Thumbs did you get down. 7.2? This, yeah, this is like the gladiator. 7.2 on IMDb. Yeah, thumbs down like in the gladiator. It's thumb down and kill the gladiator. Yeah. But now, so you, so you start with, so we start off with, um, you know, this sort of just random tricks. tricks. And then we're introduced to these three totally rad guys. And they're, um, they're uh, paper boys. Thanks, baby. Good there. Okay. Okay, dudes, let's walk this sucker. All right. Uh, and of course, my only experience with Paper Boys is the video game Paper Boys. I wonder what year that game came out because you ride down these streets and you about do bike same, tricks. About, about and, yes. I get it. It's, it's a clever way to show sort of these actors or at least or so you know these these characters, characters. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure they weren't doing it you know these characters doing these tricks and this is filmed in and around cochrane alberta which at the time was like a, a few thousand i would think probably yeah i mean now you're saying you you, you were there for a while and it's like it's huge uh, yeah, i think it's funny looking at the background and some of the videos and pictures and how how much it's grown but yeah but i mean that's probably why they chose it because a town like that was probably thrilled to have a filming crew in town and they probably had the run of the place. And, you know, so they, they you want to film in the lumber yard for a couple of days. Okay. And, you right. know, and so they're sort of, you know, they're zipping around town and showing all these totally rad ways that they fire off their newspapers. Uh, you know, these days, newspapers, you know, newspaper routes are not done by kids on bikes, but, uh, email, that, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and someone still delivers newspapers, but usually it's some guy in a car who sadly does it for a living. Like right. it's, uh, the modern economy, but yeah. So for whatever reason, crew, C R U crew, that's his, do we ever actually get a real name out of him or is it just, I think crew? it is crew. crew, crew Jones, crew Jones, crude, crushing depression after having made this cruise, film. cruise, 
crew, dude. I don't know, whatever. So crew, yeah, we had to see crew doing all his totally gnarly bike stuff. And, you know, we get introduced to the town that way, which is actually kind of a neat way to introduce the town is that, you know, we meet Ray Walston's character, who's sort of like the local curmudgeon who every morning, you know, comes in nicely on his bike with his two uh, cups of coffee and a crew throws the newspaper and beans the old man and he spills his coffee and you know you damn kids what is what, what does he say I, the world would be a lot better without them damn kids. kids yeah you might as well yell get off my lawn oops the world would be a lot better off without kids but of course that's what ray walston like that's what the, that, that's what this this actor does he is the curmudgeon that's that's who he's always played. Well, and they, they do his character well in the sense that he goes from that damn kids to really the guy that bails crew out in the end. So yeah, actual character progression. It, not the main character, yeah. mind you, but, but, yeah. but, but the background guy, yeah. It's, well, and he shows, the, the thing is he shows that this is my town and this is my local kid, I'm going to support him, which is actually a pretty good character development for all things considered in this movie. I mean, yeah, it, they kind of, you know, I live in a small town now and I, I get, I get that, I get that mentality of like, well, this is my town and no one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna come in here. And so, but yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And it, it, so they, so we get to, we, we, we see the, we see the, uh, the paper route. I, I don't even remember what happens next. Yeah. Well, the, I, part of the paper route too, is to develop the story of the fact that this is a local kid who's a good bike rider. Yeah. And then they're going to bring in all of these professional riders who have yeah, that's sponsors right. and everything yeah. else, but they, they end up in the sh- the shed in the lumber yard. Well, don't we see the, don't we see the, um, the, what do you call it first? The, uh, yeah, I think they do their paper out, and then they're all sitting yeah. in the shack at the lumber yard, and then the I cop that, rolls up. I think that I think that comes later because we see the cop first at the meeting. But give me a second. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, they might skip yeah, to the meeting, or he sees the hell track on the fence. Well, yeah, and then so, they're in the school. That's right. So there's a brief thing in the school where we learn that one of Crew's buddies, well, two of his buddies, one's a girl, <gasps> a girl with BMX bikes in the '80s. In the '80s, and he has a thing for some local Crew has a thing for a local girl. Who? That's well, biggest the, mistake of her life. Biggest mistake. Also, biggest hair of her life. Yes. You know, and there's no point to that scene other than to show that he pines for a local girl, who he will forget the minute he sees the out of town babe. Yeah. So he's he's a committed romantic. Clearly, as, as long as he's rad, she doesn't see him as very rad. Yeah. So she was probably Aww. hanging out with. Farron and the people that no, she hangs out with the preppy guys. Oh, right, with their pastel shirts. Right, who are going yeah. to Yale? That's right, Yale or Harvard or wherever. Right, and then the next thing we see then is the meeting with these two evil developers uh, who've convinced the mayor to host a BMX event, which Ray Walston's character turns out has built. Like, did he provide the land, or did he do, I forget, or did he? Build yeah, the I think he's just allowing them into the town to do it, and I think he's got a partnership. For so I, I the whole point of them developing the race is so this lead guy, this best racer in the world, can win, and Mongoose can write them a huge check. Yeah, Mongoose, the uh, the, the, the sponsor, the sponsor, yeah. 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 So and 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 some someone in the audience asks, well, what about our local kids? And so the two local guys say, well, we'll have a race, and you know anyone who qualifies can join it. And of course, it's it's very clear from the start it's bullshit. Yeah. But it's uh, so the one thing you know with this. With this meeting, I notice is that it, it introduces what amounts to a parallel movie. These two evil mongoose representatives and the mayor and Ray Walston. 
they're having their own little conniving movie about, you know, evil Mr. Jennings wants to tear down the, you know, the uh, the orphanage and we need $50,000 to save it. Who will do it? Well, the local plucky kids. Like, there's 50 movies like that. And this is almost that. But were they this rad? They were not this <laughs> rad, but they may have been this gnarly, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's... You could tell, like, because these actors, like, all the actors in this scene, they're actually, like, I forget what this guy's name is, the guy who plays the main... Um, bad guy. Main bad guy, the main developer from Mongo's. Like, he's... he's I recognize him. He's a well-known actor. Um, and he's clearly got some skill. And Ray Walston, of course, is an accomplished actor, mostly on stage. I mean, I, I make fun of him. Like, he was Boothby in, in a Star Trek The Next Generation episode and whatever. But, you know, he is an accomplished actor. And a character actor, granted, but, you know, to each their own. Well, and Laurie Laughlin was a pretty big name because of Full House. I mean, she, Yeah, but that's later, isn't it? Uh, I don't, Full House was 80s. I don't know when it oh, started, 80s, but, but... Yeah, she she played the girlfriend of one of the, of the, the adults. The, yeah, the Uncle Jesse. You know, like, these characters, like, at one point where they're, you know, they're sort of... The two developers among themselves are negotiating how much... Or trying to decide how much money they'll offer the local kid to compete. And... They're doing it in a way like it's it's not subtle, but you know they're mouthing each other. One guy says twenty thousand, and he shakes his head. I'll <laughs> offer ten thousand, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. So this is like movie number two. We've got the totally rad crew and his dudes, and then we've got the old farts. And so the so the next scene takes place in that shed, shed or the shack near the near the lumber yard where crew and his totally awesome dude friends hang out and eat breakfast with their gloves on and eat breakfast with their biking gloves on right they're not doing drugs like the cool kids they're eating shitty sugary breakfasts with their totally rad like the rad kids like the rad kids yeah, yeah they're and at this point uh the the the, 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 the town's lone motorcycle cop who we <laughs> saw at the meeting who's this fat bald guy with the aviator goggles. Big mustache. And the big mustache and those riding pants. The, the guy looks like, I can't help but think of the uh, the female instructor from Police Academy who's like oh. an S&M. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm talking about? She's she's into S&M and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> I keep thinking of him despite the fact that he's, you know, not female. and Anyway. But, yeah, he shows up and you're never quite sure are they chase is he there to chase them out is he there to race them because two of them sort of sneak off and crew agrees to lead him on a goose chase which is awful like up to the tops like he he's driving so smoothly up to the tops of these massive piles of uncut logs uh, uncut logs and of course later you know we noticed that I think they even mentioned it in IMDb didn't they the error yeah. that they caught a shot there was a shot where you could see the planks of wood that the crew had laid down so that crew could ride up the sides of these piles and they'd forgotten to remove them for a shot but yeah he's going up and you know it's sort of hide and seek among these massive two three story high piles of uncut logs and you know it's clear the cop as much as he looks like this douchebag gestapo fascist cop he's actually kind of a nice guy like he he clearly he smiles when he sees them and he's he knows it's not much of a race like what's he going to do if he catches them anyway right right but it's cute but again it's what strikes me is just how badly the whole damn thing is filmed but the music <laughs> man oh my god that music makes me want to step into traffic but that's another matter
but yeah, it's you know, it's it's another one of these scenes. It's meant to establish that he's like totally rad on his bike. Right. After that, we get to meet the best actor in the entire film, Academy Award winner, guaranteed later in life, which is the what would you say she is? Would you say she's seven? Eight, yeah, seven, eight. Year old the, the girl, sister. Yeah, the girl plays the little sister, and that redheaded kid who uh, who she argues oh, with, so and bad. they have the most well acted. Come on, man, this is this is Academy so Award winning. This is like, how are these pe- these kids not? Well, they they must have plucked right off Broadway. Hey, you guys Come on, Wesley. We're having lots of fun. Check out a town, Jack. Waiting for your brother, Wesley. No, you blimp. I'm meditating. You think your brother's so cool. He's nothing next to Bart Taylor. He is so. Having this argument, which is not only badly written, but badly acted. So at least there's balance. Yeah. You know, and crew comes to drive her home because it's, you know, he's her big bro. And she hops on the back of a bike. And that's the funny thing. You know what? I was always offered rides on the back of my friend's bikes because I never really had a bike because, again, mine was uncool. I never liked, I never liked being back on the back of a bike. I always felt like I was going to wind up, you know, being picked out of some car's grill. Or, right. Or it just, I could never do that. Uh, it's, it's funny. And it just shows, I mean, again, in the 80s, bikes were the thing. Oh, yeah, that's how, that's, that's, that's how you got around. That's how you got So it's just funny. Like, now it's, oh, my big, rad 17-year-old brother is going to get the car that mommy and daddy bought him. And yeah. that's how the kid's going to get picked up. But, you know, she jumps on the back and they're riding riding home and he takes her through the sprinkler and there's like yeah you know this you, it's you know little, it, it's the most normal natural yeah. thing that happens in this movie yeah and it's funny because you look at it now and you talk about the cinematography and you can see right away that they're obviously not actually riding and the cameras they're talking and yeah they're they're on the back of, poorly, of yeah they're on the back of uh what do you call it like a a, tra- a trailer yeah. but that's how they do driving when you film like because obviously you don't right. want some guy driving in traffic and trying to remember his lines and yeah. his cues and talking and, and talking and you know getting into accidents and being on the news so yeah so they put the, almost always what they do is they back they put the car onto a, like a flatbed and they just do it that way it's just easier but here it's so it's so obvious because <laughs> there, because anytime he you actually watch the actor ride his shoulders are moving and the arms are moving and he's really into riding and here He's just sort of, he's totally still. There's no movement whatsoever. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so they ride home. And then we get to meet uh, Adrian, uh, Talia Shire, who uh, plays mom in one of, is she in four scenes in this entire film? Maybe, yeah. There's yeah. a few that blended into each other. So maybe three. Yeah. Well, she's one of the producers of this film. And like I was saying during the film, I was like, how much you want to bet they couldn't cast someone as the mother, or the, or or, who, or maybe what it was is the the woman who who got the job realized thought better of it and decided she would like to do something, you know, more advancing for her career, like be I don't know, like in a dog food commercial or something. Uh, so she does it. So you know the the the, the whole big dramatic scene with Talia Shire, who by the way is a fantastic actress, um, Adrian in Rocky in the Rocky films, um, and uh, uh, Michael's Michael Corleone's sister in the godfather films she's a great actress here i think she was just sort of you know sort of spreading her wings as a producer and 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 as they said in last indiana jones of the last crusade chose poorly (laughs) but she's in the scene and just you know unloading the groceries she's obviously just the local working mom of course dad is dead we've talked about this before what is it with 80s movies where one of the parents has to be dead well I i think the problem with the 80s compared to today is 
moms weren't working moms. So to build a working mom, you can't say, oh, both parents are hardworking because yeah. in the 80s, that's mm-hmm. a big faux pas, right? Because well, it's much, how, much, it's much less common. Yeah, yeah, how dare the husband let the wife out of the house to work in the 80s? And I mean, well, the 80s, you started to see some change, but I think that that really that is That starts what, to come in the 70s, really. But yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, like, you know, I, They're trying to say, well, this is why mom is this working class mom who wants the best for her kid. Is so she has to get out there and work. Dad died dad and dad's died. not here to steer the son in the direction of being a hardworking, contributing member of society. Cool. Because when you remember what, you remember what Dad says, when your gut tells you something, you got to listen. Which I'm convinced is something his dad said after the fifth burrito from Taco Time. Yeah, but, that, you know, could be. Awesome. I got to listen to my guts. The so, one thing he remembers. Yeah, and the, and the kid's taking is this profound yeah. thing, and he's hollering it from the washroom. The very worst thing is that this thing is absolute nightmare and we, we gotta watch it again no no we can't we can watch it right after top no, gun no we can't i mean yeah how is it you describe this movie top gun with uh top gun BMX with bmx bikes yeah and, yeah. Uh, and you said with acting yeah. and <laughs> tom tom cruise is going to send the scientologists after us yeah. so sorry mr cruise really it's a good film you know it's that's the thing with 80s films yeah like they're it's not an expectation that mom will have a career so if we want to deny the parent or the, if we want to deny an eighties kid proper parenting in quotes there, you got to take away a parent and put him in the job and put him in under too much stress. So how do you do that? You kill off the other parent. So never ending story. It's the mom who's died karate or a uh, karate kid, but we don't actually learn about dad until the second movie. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's a kick-ass mom. Remember we talked about that. Uh, Daniel, Mrs. LaRusso is a great mom, but uh, Cloak and Dagger. I'm not sure if you remember that film from the '80s uh, with Dabney Coleman, where he's this kid is uh, sort of obsessed with this video game and comic book called Cloak and Dagger with this super spy. The thing is, is that he imagines the super spy is his father. Like Dabney Coleman plays oh, right. his father and plays, I think it's his name is Jack Black, not like the actor Jack Black, but <laughs> or Jack. Flack or something, whatever, Jack something. So, you know, E.T., you know, dad is off in Mexico with his girlfriend and, and mom is left at home with three kids. And, yeah, because and divorce was a little more faux pas back then, too. Whereas now it's a little bit more... Well, you, you start having, you start getting no-fault divorce in the 80s. But yeah, it's yeah. it's just a whole different... Yeah, if you did the movie today, it could just be they're divorced. And, that, yeah, and, and no that, one would second-guess it. Yeah, but here they have to find an excuse. Right. Without suggesting that mom, either mom or dad, is a bad person, it's just no, no, he's dead. Let's just kill him off. And right. it's, yeah, it's it, it, you know different society, right? The eighties, it's a very different place, and I don't think we, I don't think I really thought about it until we started doing this podcast and realized, right. like you look and say, like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Holy shit, could you not make that movie today? Because <laughs> it's racist <laughs> as hell. But you know, it's just it's a different, it's a different thought process that goes into these movies, and and this one, or in this case, maybe a different type of alcohol mm-hmm. but yeah so she takes she takes the here he takes uh, his 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 sister home and we meet mom talia shire loading up the groceries in their uh, in their paper bags another thing that's missing and uh all oh, right he talks about he says i got to talk to mom because the, he's going to ask if he can race run in this race which is the same days as he retakes the sats so we've already discovered he sucks yeah, and he's, he's had to take it once. And here's the thing: you can take. I think you take. I think the, the SATs are available like every quarter or something like that. So, yeah, and, and and she wants him to get a good education. Like this is the standard '80s woman standing at the door calling the boys in from play. Like that's. Right. And you're not going to pick BMX racing 
which has no future or over, video games or yeah, or or skateboarding or or yeah it's pick your movie and the subject thereof you should be getting an education instead yes yeah. absolutely um, and kids get an education get an education absolutely <laughs> um, and then the next scene is them out I guess near a local pool in the middle of freaking nowhere and it's sort of like they're set up, it's sort of like a an ad hoc stunt. Yeah, they got a ramp and some ramp, mattresses some down. Mattress. And yeah, and we learn like, and it's funny because we, there's no there's no build up where we get to see these guys do some like some good tricks. It's just it immediately starts with him doing this trying uh, to backflip. Yeah, backflip, and he wipes out, and that's it. Like it's like there's no context to the scene. We don't get to see what else he's good at. We establish right off the bat he sucks at this th- one thing. But we know he's a good rider because the the two scenes prior to that are yeah, I guess him so. delivering papers and him. Uh, him getting chased in the yeah. lumberyard. So just, they, we, they've established he's a good rider, but this one trick... He can't do. He can't, I just yeah. can't help but think that they should have shown him do something successful first. Right. Just as a a narrative... That's a narrative thing. I mean, this is me, the writer, just... Fail, yeah. his, fail his SATs, fail at doing a backflip. He does kind of suck. Yeah, well... <laughs> so, And then the next thing is, like, the greatest parade Cochran has ever, ever seen. seen which is all the actual like professional BMX guys who probably and, tour all over North America and their sponsors <laughs> and their sponsors yeah so you know these these guys probably go all over the world and they come to this podunk little town and they hate it and I don't blame them because I don't know I look at that town I would have hated it but we immediately established that the best rider in the world his name is Bart, Bart Taylor Bart Taylor yeah Okay, Bart Taylor. Super cool. Super cool because we saw him at BMX Magazine. He's the bad boy. And he's driving along with these two guys, like the twins. and Rod and Rex. Rod and Rex. Were you not paying attention? Dude, no. I was just <laughs> looking for something sharp to end it all. And they're going through town and they've got their hangers on, these these girls who... I don't know what their position, what their purpose in the in the movie is other than to... Arm candy, yeah, and there's the one bad of them. I said, yeah, one of them looks like, like I said, she looks like 30 miles of bad road. <laughs> she's had a she's had a short life, but it was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, so they're driving along, and out of nowhere, Bart is that his name? Bart, Bart Taylor? Taylor? Bart Taylor. I'm trying to figure out if Bart Taylor. Yeah, so in the movie, his name is Bart Taylor. In real life, his name is Bart Connor. IMDb doesn't even have a picture of him, so this was his pinnacle. Yes, this, this was this. Okay, so yeah, so Bart decides to stop in the middle of a parade, going down Main Street, which he, he says he's surprised it's even paved. Hell track in this here town. It's got to be kidding. This is a joke. And he walks to the car behind him, where the love interest for the for the, for the movie is whatever her name is, Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin, and she's driving and. I, I we were talking when when he said something to her, but she rolls up her window. She won't even respond to him because he's he's that classy. And he goes back into the parade, and, all, and, and at some point or another, he he gives autographs to these two women. And I, I remember joking, he's like, "Yeah, we don't know who you are, but we're being paid to be extras in this movie. Can you <laughs> sign my whatever they gave me?" And it's uh, yeah. So they and there's the one guy on top. I remember they there's the uh, the eighteen wheeler, the eighteen wheeler, and the guy up top. It's pretty cool. It is, and like even one of the guys in the in the movie says, "Wow, that guy hits the brakes and he's done." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, bring one on the next actor. Yeah, yeah one, 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 one quick stop, and we're reshooting the scene after a brief hosing down of the road. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's one of these things that this movie could have been good. 
this movie could have been well written. It could have been interesting. There is these characters have motivations that are interesting. Um, well, and they pro- picked a topic like BMX racing. Yeah, it's only going to relate to some people, but it's not something that was overdone. It wasn't no, like no. BMX but, movies were falling out of the sky. It, and- yeah, but everything and in this like in this this parade, it's perfectly emblematic. Everything in this everything in this movie was done with zero effort. There's no effort in the writing, despite the fact yeah. that there's two goddamn writers who got credit for this. Maybe the first one stepped into traffic and the second one finished after the funeral. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, everything about this is substandard. And that's what frustrates me is that there is a good movie hiding in here. Like, no one ever says, I'm going to make a shitty movie, man. Let's make the shittiest movie we possibly can. You know, I mean, that, that would explain Michael Bay, admittedly. But no one says, I'm going to make a shit film. Right. Everyone says, I'm going to make the greatest film ever. Or I'm going to make a good film, and it won't be great because I don't have the money. Or one of these guys' kids, or both of their kids were BMX raiders, and I'm going to write a story about yeah. BMX racing. Yeah, or, but no one ever says, let me make a movie that right. is bad. I mean, with the exception of like Army of Darkness, where they, they purposely made it bad, but they knew it, so they went for the laugh. These guys, this, this movie was made in earnest. And maybe that's what I find so disappointing. They tried to make a, a good movie and just didn't bother tr- actually trying. <laughs> trying, yeah. It's like you. It's great to have an idea. I have a list of a thousand novels I want to write. There's a reason I've only written six. You know, like because an idea is not the same as a book. Go out and buy Farron's books. But yeah, so we get the you know we get this really you know really totally rad parade through the streets of Cochrane, Alberta. I mean Cochrane, U.S. USA, and then. Oh, yes, in the middle of the parade, Crew gets to show what a totally nice guy he is. He's such a nice boy. Such a nice boy. And some woman thinking, I have to, what what is she, I have to get to. I have to get somewhere, I'm late. I'm late, I'm late. And he says, I'll help you, ma'am. And so you think, at first I thought this was going to be like a scene where he takes her on the back of his bike and they do some like totally rad (laughs) stuff. But no, no, he moves the fucking barricade aside so she can drive through the crowds. Young man, can you do anything for me? Come on, I'll help you out. <laughs> oh, you're such a nice boy. And locks eyes with? Lock with? Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. And yeah, the it's love of his life. The love at first sight. Yeah, so he, he, he spots her and then the next thing we see, he's to the end of the school day and he's, he's annoying flirting <laughs> yeah he's he's annoying this this girl who's trying to walk home and we joke like what is she like 26 years old how old is this actress he's, but he's, he's literally like he's dancing around and is like look at me look at me don't you see don't like dude are you a toddler well that's what she says she says oh very immature yeah yeah again the the, the acting here just it's heart stopping and yeah, she says, "You're gonna go to the." He says, "You're gonna go to the uh, the dance with me." And you know, the clever writing will make you think I'm not going to the dance. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be. Oh yeah, with yeah. I'll pick you up at eight. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. or six. Yeah, he said, "What on that bike?" Yeah. Like, yeah. So we ought that. So we know that she is just ugh, flip of the hair, too good for him. And then after that, you have the the local dance. So this is a dance where. It's not just the local teenagers at the high school, by the way. It's also all these totally rad BMX guys. And it's all the adults from this other movie happening in the background. And the lead sponsor of Mongoose, we discover, has a drinking problem. Because he shows up and I guess he's, he figures he's in a high school. There's a, there's a dance. There's a punch bowl. He's going to spike the punch. But instead of doing it like you'd see in other movies like Back to the Future where he pulls out a flask and puts a little in. This fucking guy's got a whole bottle of I don't know what. And he just unloads it. And by the end of the party, he's just taking it straight in the glass. And it's just, 
is this guy got a drinking problem? Is this is his alcoholism and his struggles to redeem himself in the eyes of his wife and bring Mongoose to the forefront of BMX bike sponsorship? Is that a movie that was somewhere that was left on the cutting room floor? Is this really a four-hour epic that, that was cut down to an hour? <laughs> but, you know, they're all sitting there and... and, and this would be an utterly unremarkable scene, except it has got the most awesome, awesome, amazing, rad, <laughs> the most gnarly, the most rad pair of dance scenes it is I have ever seen. If it didn't, if I wasn't already not a dancer, I promise you this movie has assured I will never ever dance. So it starts off with you know just sort of your random dance, and if and if if you've never seen a movie filmed. The actors can't... There's no music playing, eh? Right. Yeah, they just move. They're told... Like, so, sometimes, if the director knows what they're going to be dancing to, during rehearsal, they'll play the music just so the extras know how to move. But when they actually film it, there's no music. So, you're getting your generic, you know, people sort of standing around. And, you know, as you can see, by the way, I'm pretending to dance here. I'm not a dancer. And then they announce the BMX superstars are going to dance. So, it's... Bart, Bart and his forty-year-old and his forty-year-old, forty miles of bad road girlfriend, and then there's those creepy-ass twins who are dressed like Romulans, who are like Romulans or something. It's you know, it reminds me of the remember the the thriller jackets, yeah, the, yeah, the Michael right. Jackson, yeah. but these are like gray. I'm convinced they got them off the set of like Battlestar Galactica or something. <laughs> they are just they're special. If we ever do a live a live show, like if we ever do a live recording in front of an audience. You're totally dressing like that. I'm wearing my rad crew's rad shirt. No, dude, you got to wear these with these shoulder pads, man. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, so they're dancing and they're dancing really like it's like dirty dancing, but gross. -er. (laughs) And and they're dancing with one girl. It's like a little bit icky. Well, it's it's creepy as fuck, man. Uh, Like (laughs) these two guys grinding against this one girl who's in this leotard, I think. And ooh. And it's not even good dancing. Like, okay, I'm not a dancer. I admit this. It might this, be good dancing in the 80s. In Cochrane. In Cochrane. In Cochrane. Um, and then Crew is outside, like every toddler would be, on his bike. Because, of course, he's on his bike. And showing how rad how Crew is rad on is. his bike. And, and Lori, Lori shows up and yeah. sees him. That's not actually him. the character's name, but I don't care. Yeah. Christian. <laughs> yeah. Christian? That's right. Her yeah. name is Christian. So Christian sees him so, and says, well. I can dance too. And she let's go and interrupt Bart because he's the lead guy and we yeah. got to get some notoriety for yeah, crew. There's got to be some conflict in the script. Yeah. So yeah. she gets on her bike and waves him to follow her into the dance. But was it him? Was she waving at him? Oh, right. He wasn't sure. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Huh? Are no, we, you know you're going to be? Yeah, no, you douchebag. No, I'm talking to the guy uh, on the bike behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go in there and they start dancing on their bikes. And again, I could see... If this were well choreographed, if they had actually hired a dance choreographer to work with someone who does this sort of, what do you call it, freestyle bike? Yeah, freestyle. Let's be clear, and I think I pointed this out. I do not doubt for a second that, that the extras in this movie, the ones who actually do the bike stuff, they're good at what they do. That's clear. There is a skill involved here. I respect that. I don't just, I'm not just sneering at it. You know, I've watched these guys. There's a kid a few years ago used to come down the street doing that here on his bike because it's cool again to do that. And man, he's got some skills and I'm impressed. It's, you know, good for him. But no, they didn't get someone like that with a professional dance choreographer. I think the director's, like, girlfriend was in town. Here, babe, I need you to do, I need you to choreograph this scene. And so they have what is meant to be this, I think it starts, supposed to start like fun. 
this the fun disco bike ball. disco ball. They're on BMX bikes dancing. Send me an angel. You love that song, don't you? <laughs> oh my god. And 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 then it's 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 meant to be like this romantic. They're enthralled with each other. This is where they make their connection. But it's so obviously not these actors. Like there's a few times where she's spinning on her bike, and it's clear she's standing on a platform while some some guy on the some teamster on the crew is holding onto the bike really tight so that she can spin it. And it's like they just they needed to film this this dance at one day. Yeah, and you one, see her <clears throat> you see her stunt double a lot in yeah, that scene. Yeah. A lot, yeah. And it's funny, like, you get the impression they were only allowed to film in the high school for, like, one or two nights, and so they just had to get the goddamn thing done. And, yeah, so they have this this truly awful dance, and the bad guys, Bart and Rod and Rex and assorted rough road girlfriends, they get all... What's that? The groupies. The groupies. They get in a huff, and they storm off, and and that's sort of it. Again, there, there was a good scene in there. But unfortunately, we saw this instead. Oh yeah, right. yeah. There's a quick scene where, uh, yeah, where the the cool kid, you know, Bart and Rod and Rex and like I said, assorted groupies show up at this shite restaurant, and this must have been like the classiest restaurant in Cochrane in you know 1985, and they just show the local sort of throwing out the local kids. So now the local kids hate those BMX biker guys, and it's it's a scene that has no purpose other than to communicate that. And yeah. they could have done that 50 other ways. To pit more of the community against these bike racers. These, these city yeah. slickers, yeah. And so, yeah, then we go back to the, the uh, what do you call it? The, um, pool, the, the and pool and the uh, park or the whatever. obstacle course. And he tries the uh, the backflip again and can't do it. And But Christian's there. And so she tells him how to do it, which is to remove the... Uh, she doesn't actually give him any advice, mind you. Yeah. She says... Yeah, we're She says... Um, you know, what was it? No guts, no glory. Remove yeah, the, the mattresses. Uh, mattresses. Well, and the funny thing is, I think they show three or four attempts of him trying to do this backflip. And at no point does he leave, because I, I assume if you're going to try to do a backflip or you're going to try to not do a backflip as a stunt, you're not going to half spin and land on your head. You're going to do it like he literally comes off the ramp, throws the bike away from yeah. him, and lands on his back. Yeah, well, remember I said that. I said it's clear that this, whoever this guy yeah. was, this stuntman, this actual professional biker, it was clear he had to work on failing. Yeah. Because but, he's so good at it. And he didn't know how to fail. Like, he was so good at this particular trick that he had to invent a reason to wipe out. Well, and how do you fail at a, at a backflip? I mean, once you ex- once you start to spin, it gets extensively more dangerous as you expose your back to the earth. So... Uh, or your head to the earth. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you were to get up upside down and then wipe out there, that would be bad. Yeah. Then, um, then you know, in his first jump after they remove the mattress, now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he ex- he does a no. He he no. He winds one up and a half. He does a one and a half that's revolution. Right. That's so he's right. like he can obviously do a backflip. Yeah, and he winds up flat on his back. And I'm looking a, at that thinking, you don't get up after something like it, that. It's really a hard quick. thing to fail at, but they show you know he. Well, fails. it's an easy thing to fail at. It to it's a hard thing to fail at on command. Right. Like I said, and it's a dangerous thing to fail on on command. Well, did we actually see him do the spin and land, or do we see him land in a separate shot? Uh, spin and land the second time he actually lands it as he kind of rolls off screen. Yeah, but we don't actually sure. see the spin fall because there's no way the insurance company would have allowed. Well, let's watch it. Let's, uh, 
I think he one and a half, so he lands on his back. So probably what happened is he just and then they he, show he, again. He, he doesn't do a spin. He just he goes up, lets go of right. his, and, and lands. So still not a. You know, well, he spun there. Well, yeah, but that's a separate shot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so really for the falling shot, he just sort of lets the bike come out from under him and lets his feet go out in front of him and lands that way, which still probably hurt the stuntman. Right. But yeah, there's no way that a stuntman would be allowed to do... uh, Uh, One and a half revolution crash. Yeah, that's that's a career ender. That's a lot of speed. Well, as I said, being a a stuntman, even in a film like this, would probably, you know, it has its dangers. You've seen like Mad Max and Road Warrior and those stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. In the Road Warrior, which is the second film, there was a stunt that was so dangerous that the stuntman did not eat or drink for 12 hours prior to the stunt, so that if he wound up in surgery, they could operate on him right away. I swear to God, that's how that's how well he thought that was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Things they sign up for. Yeah, no kidding. You know, Christian shows him how to do it, and of course... He does it because she's whispered sweet nothings in his ear and really doesn't say much at all. Oh, no, she does say you overextended. And he goes, no shit, because he does this the revolution right. and a half. But she never actually gives him advice on how to, you know, do the trick. Despite the fact that she's one of these professionals. How not to do the trick how is not. the advice. Yeah. And then they... Go sort, for a bike ride. They go for a, some beautiful scenery. Yeah. And five seconds later, he's in... Well, they go for... They go... Ass sliding. Ass sliding. Because this is Cochrane in 1985, they go ass sliding. Like a sewage pipe with water coming, with water leading leading into the local river, and you'll never guess how they slide down with 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 it with a a sport like ass sliding. It could have been backsliding. That's true, but this is ass sliding. Would you care to guess how they slid? (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like he's really handsy on her. You kept saying hashtag me too, and but they're like in love immediately. They, they they've had they less than a week less than a week it's this like overnight bachelor, isn't it this is this movie is what started the bachelor and the bachelorette you can find love in twenty eight days Farron <laughs> if it involves watching this movie again I'll, I, I'm okay living alone I'm okay with I'm okay being the hermit with the you know with the, with the fingernails and the and the, and the urine in the bottle um, but yeah so they're immediately in love they haven't earned it there's been no character development but okay they're in love and. What happens next? Oh yeah, then there's the then they qualifying. go r- right into the qualifying rounds, and this is Talia Shire's second contractually obligated scene with her doing you know mom stuff. She's mowing in the basement. Uh, yeah, she's mowing in the basement. She's uh, uh, she's ironing in the basement. She turns on the TV, and as moms in the eighties were wont to do, watches the local BMX race, and sees her son in the qualifying. <laughs> and he, you know, f- you mentioned this was filmed where in Bonas Park. Bonas Park, and we were looking for like. Calgary um, landmarks or whatever landmarks. By the way, this is the second film this weekend that's filmed in Calgary that we're going to see. Superman two bits of it were filmed here. Oh, wow. mostly yeah. Superman three, but Superman two was a lot. Some of it was filmed in and around. Well, the, the Kent's farm is is right outside of High River. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's right outside High River. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you know we were looking for landmarks, we couldn't see any, but I noticed they have those scary ass, quote unquote, fence fences. Uh, in and around Calgary, and I'm guessing in the 70s they built these. It's really just a two by four cut at it with, with the top of it. Yeah, like a, or a six by six, a wood picket. And so it's yeah, okay, yeah, cut sorry. at like a 45 uh, degree angle. Cut at a 45. Yeah, it looks like they're defending against like encroaching Vikings. And what they would do is they would drill holes through them and then run 
like metal, a big thick cable, big thick cable, and that constituted a barrier. It wasn't meant to keep people out, but it's the sort of thing you'd you'd fill, you'd surround keep a like car a, off the path. Or yeah, like, you would put like a, you'd have it in, like in and around parking lots and things like that. It was mostly just a decorative quote unquote fence because these things were how high? Maybe two feet, maybe three, maybe yeah, yeah. and. I instantly recognize those because those were all over Calgary. I think yeah. they finally started pulling them in the 90s. When someone riding totally <laughs> rad <laughs> crashed next to one. <laughs> they themselves on. Like we were looking like, wow, that, 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 could have been a, that could have been a take of this film that went very wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I recognize those, but I, I don't think I've ever actually been in Bonas Park. But yeah, it's... Beautiful. I'm sure it is. Go I mean, wonder. Go on. I used to go to... Uh, what was it? Nose Hill Park. We used to do uh, patrol training up there. Well, you've run through... Sh- uh... Deer Run used to have these things. I used to spend a lot of... What's as the a kid, park at the bottom of the hill there? You leave Moata Armories, run along the river, and then you cut through that park and run down the other side of I Memorial? I don't know. Oh. oh, yeah, you're a medic. You drove probably making sure we didn't die in the infantry. We did that run a few times. It was a pretty, it was like 12K. <laughs> we, did all, we did all our running in Edmonton. Schultz and um, Schultz, different park. Yeah, well, but, I used to go to a lot when I was a kid. But yeah, yeah but, those, but all these parks yeah, had those wooden, those wooden things. And yeah. I said, at some point they removed them, I think, in the, I, I think some of them may still be in like Deer Run Provincial Park. Yeah, you might, you probably still find them around. Around but, places where the city just couldn't be bothered. But yeah, I sort of wonder looking at this like, yeah, did, did they pull these out because some guy was trying to be totally rad and wound up in bail on this thing? Yeah, so we've got the, uh, the anti-Viking pickets and they line the route of this I couldn't say whether it was a tough race or not but it goes up and down hills and they make them backcountry the backcountry in Bonas Park and uh, in the middle of freaking Calgary Uh, and at one point you know they show guys wiping out in a river and oddly enough it's the same two people in that canoe on the river who see every one of these people crash again that's just I get it. They probably did them take after take. Okay, I'll have the people from the first race wipe out and the guy from the second race and then all those people from the third race. No, no, you extras, you just stay there on the water for three hours while we keep resetting the scene. But it's like, that's, again, that's just poor filmmaking. Like, (laughs) you couldn't find, like, one other guy or couldn't have him, like, switch shirts or one guy put on a hat so it looks like (laughs) this river has a little bit of flow or if they've been trapped in this, this, this still river for six months help i can't get to shore you're like yeah. <laughs> row. So, and just, rowing, just rowing in a circle because one guy isn't helping <laughs> i don't know what to do so there's this race and it's it's a boring race it's that's the thing this, this these races aren't exciting and they they you know joking with the one at the end the hell the hell track they suck all the excitement out of what could be a really fascinating scene with this shitty music But yeah, this is a bad scene, but it sort of ends with the big character moment, which is mom showing up. You know, Talia and Shire. Crew qualifies for Hell Track, one in yeah, 20. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, one in 20. And he does get in. And she's all stern looking and she's angry. And he says, I'll take it in six, you know, the SATs in six months. And she makes him a promise. And then she's okay with it. Well, and that's the funny thing is, in, again, even in today's day and age, whether you take the SATs the day you're done school or most people will take them in their last semester of school. I thought it was as, done in grade 11. As they go to college, whatever. I mean, he, but it's six months. She's so worked up over it. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, but it's, it's the movie, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's trying to create that, you know, earlier on they showed the little sister forging her signature so he can even, yeah. so he's a 17 year old. And there's kid. another eighties trope. The little kid who you would expect to be sweet and innocent is actually the, the wise cracking street kid. Yeah. You know, Hey, you know, 
trust me, I know what I'm doing here. You know, like <laughs> she might as well have that. You know, and I, 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 yeah. if she could have pulled off that 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 uh, Brooklyn or New Jersey accent. You know, hey, I'm walking here. Like, she, you know, she is one step away from that. But, yeah, she forges the signature. Yeah, so anyway, he gets in and hooray, I guess. Hooray for him. But, uh, <laughs> yes. I guess. And, and his line there is funny because he says, I was one in a hundred. And now I'm one in twenty. No, so one in a thousand. I was one in a thousand. thousand. Now I'm one in twenty. I can write it in six months. Like, it's kind of a kind of a funny line. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do, Mom. Yeah. That's yeah, and it's and of course we go back to there's a, you know, the quick scene with, um, with the evil develop you know not developers the evil um, uh, the guys sponsors yeah yeah and at this point it's pretty clear there he drinks a lot like every scene this guy's in he's drinking something right though we this is where we start to clue in that gee I wonder if Coke sponsored this movie. And I think maybe Seven Eleven as well, probably in the Chief Motors or whatever it was that's on there as well. But yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty obvious that anytime they slow things down, we get to see who helped pay for this movie. So maybe this movie cost nothing. Maybe it was all done on Seven Eleven and Coke sponsorships. sponsorships yeah. Well, and and, and, so. the, and the cast and crew were fed with that three three hot dogs for a dollar deal we saw at the right. uh, advertised at Seven Eleven. That was good eating. Well, yeah, and assholes so and eyeballs. Those two are talking there, and he says. Well, have you found out who this kid is yet? Like, yeah, they've oh, yeah. been busy. Yeah, because this is where we learn that Bort has to come in first because they got all this merchandise, and for some reason that only makes sense to Hollywood writers who drink when they should be working. Uh, for in order for this big contract with Bart to come through, Bart has to win. He has to come in first. Right. He's the premier BMX biker on the planet, but apparently, if he doesn't come in first in this one, Mongoose is going to pull the sponsorship. Pull, pull the sponsorship because he'll lose all that because the uh, distribution for all that merchandise only is good if he's first place. Like as if they couldn't have him going like number one and because he's number one overall. But it's their Super Bowl though, so they do try to play it up that this is like the premier event in BMX and the guy who or wins one, this. Well, one of them anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly the make or break for Mongoose, I think yeah. is the idea. Yeah, and whoever wins this event is going to be the best in the world because it's their Super Bowl. But yeah. they, uh, you know, so they, they kind of all look into it as, you know, the guy's like, well, you know, my left-hand lackey here is an idiot. He hasn't found out who this guy is. So I'll find it, out yeah. who it is. And so he does. So he, he, so he calls him out to sit in his car, which I, I pointed out, it's, it's like a Lincoln Town car or something with the felt seats. Yeah. My father had one of these. I always call them luxury boats. Like, does it come with its own captain's hat? Do, you, right. do I have to be whistled in when I, when, I, when I sit down? You know, permission to come aboard, sir. And one thing I noticed, this guy is like discount Don Rickles, if you look at him. Yeah. You know, and he offers to sponsor crew. There's only one condition. He has to throw the race. And he says, well, no, sir, I'm too honest and plucky for this movie. I, I mean, to do that. You know, it, it's... And I'm the, I'm the best. I got to show everybody I'm and the best. And he's such a nice boy. Such a nice boy. And he's such a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. Such a nice boy. So the next day they go to the... I don't know what it, what kind of event like it is. some sort of... Carnival. Carnival. Or, oh no, it's probably a practice because it looks like people are accessing the track. So it's yeah. probably a practice to go practice on. Yeah, and, and, but there's also there's stuff being sold, and he yeah. says, "Well, sorry, you don't have a sponsor. That's nope. a new rule we just added like 30 seconds ago. Sorry, you can't. Uh, no racy. No, no racy. Like really, that's just creepy. But we'll give you the ten thousand dollars, but no racy. No racy. That's right. Yeah. So Christian has this great idea, which apparently involves breaking into the local high school. Doing everybody's homework for them. Do everyone, that's right. Doing everyone's homework for them. Of course, I'm thinking if she spends her high school her high school days on the BMX tour, academics is probably not her thing. But 
Right. You know, she probably doesn't have time to study. So the idea is break into the local high school and enslave the local teenage population to make shirts so they can say they're sponsored. Because now Crew isn't just rad. He's rad rad racing racing (laughs) with his totally awesome, gnarly shirt. And helmet, and and they're making his little costume that he's going to race in. Which looked like Super Dave from... Super Dave. Where is that? Where is he from? He's a a stuntman. Yeah, but what was the the show? That was a Canadian show. Super Dave. No, but he he was like a he had a part in a in a Canadian show. Oh, I thought he because the only he, show no, he's, was, no, he's, he's called Super Dave the, oh. the show he did. Okay, because I used to see him in some Canadian show oh. from the eighties, and that was his shtick. And I think maybe he is his own thing. But yeah, like the white, it's like the white bodysuit with the the stars that look like they were stapled on and right it's oh god yeah so they they make the all these streamers sh- on yeah. his handlebars yeah and- <laughs> yeah but before that like i said they're in the they're in the home ec room at cochran i'm assuming it's cochran high and they're making these shirts and they're doing by hand like they're literally dyeing them in in pots yeah it that's how you make the stuff like that's fine and they have a stencil they lay over each shirt individually and then use a roller with black i just want to know what delivery company they used in the 80s that went out of business that could get this stuff in hours thousands yeah. of shirts thousands of shirts and die in, yeah yeah in hours because those delivery companies do not exist anymore yeah. and, and 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 all on credit because i'm fairly certain that crew didn't have the ten thousand though he wanted they said that's i'm gonna right. use the ten thousand that's right that's right that's right that's yeah. right okay that's right my, so then my, they show up the next day sorry at this the, the complexity of this plot has me yeah. has my head spinning they, they show up the next day at this fair or whatever is happening at hell track and are selling their shirts and you know the uh, what's his name? Uh, the actor that you keep bringing up, the guy that Ray Walston. Town. Ray Walston is like, oh, looks like they've got a sponsor now, and you better, you know, whatever. And yeah, so this then, is this is where he actually has a little bit of character right. development. Like the only character development in this goddamn movie yeah. is the guy who's got like three seeds. Again, contractually obligated because he needed some cash. He starts to realize these guys are here to screw the town over. Yeah. So then the hench, his henchman goes over and says, oh. You need $50,000. Yeah, you need to sell $49,500 more worth of shirts. Yeah, because they sold $500. Because they sold $500. So, yeah. so they're like, you, you can tell they're trying to get roadblocked at every yeah. every opportunity. So that's when uh, he has his little moment and runs away and has a little tantrum and rides through the park and then ends up cuddling and eating, drinking hot chocolate with Lori Laughlin where she says. In, in, in the scary shack by the, yeah. uh, by the lumber yard. Don't where. run and hide. Yeah, so like this that's is right. Your, this is that Top Gun moment where Tom Tom Cruise tries to run away from flight after Goose dies. Yeah. So <laughs> oh my god, his, his Goose dying was <laughs> the fifty thousand dollars. The fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. So and then, and then after that, that's when Ray Ralston starts to clue in. Wow, you're really screwing these yeah. guys over. So they hold and a then, quick emergency meeting, meeting town which, meeting with with the fascist cop who yeah. turns out is just such a nice guy. Never, and, and then the, and he gives the, the, girl... the, the most inspirational speech since never. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought I heard it all till now. I've watched these kids grow up. I've chased every one of them. I think Crew and his friends have done something special, real special. They have given themselves hope, and all your talk about dollars is killing that hope. If someone doesn't see that Crew has this opportunity, well, I guess we'll just all have to learn to live with it. Um, well, and then the girl stands up and says, 
we ever, you know, the town's like, oh, we want to help. We want to help our local guy. They're trying to screw him. And then the girl stands up and says, and he's such a nice, nice boy. boy. Yeah. Just to reiterate the fact that he moved a sign that took yeah. him two seconds. Such a nice boy. And so among the townspeople, they managed to raise half of it. And so Ray Walston's character steps in. And, and I mean, he's obviously a business owner. And he's obviously a big, a big to-do in the town. Oh, he's just, you know, really, he's just some old guy. Like he's not, you know, he's on the town council. He's he's got some business yeah. interests, but like he's not, he's not. From, yeah, and his goal know. at the beginning was to bring this in and raise money for the town, and it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, which like he I got said, sold on, but he didn't realize these guys had a uh, Alter, yeah ulterior motive. Like this guy isn't. I mean, he's not old man Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. He's not evil. He's just kind of a curmudgeon. And very quickly, we start to realize he he does want the town to do well. And again, you know, the one guy who has a little bit of. Uh, of, uh, I sort of wonder whether he, you know, he stepped in and said, "No, no, I'm gonna, we're going to change how this character goes." I, I, I actually have some star power here. Listen to me, because yeah, there's a little bit of character progression here, and he buys all the the other twenty seven thousand right. dollars in rad racing shirts. So now, henchmen and evil guy are mad, and they're like, "Oh, you had something to do with this, and fifty percent of zero is zero. And he says, "Well, these shirts are going to be worth a lot of money tomorrow. You might right. want to run over there and buy one." That's so. right, because he's in. Because that's right, because Ray Walston's character is in on this Bart deal. And even doing the quick math is I think they were selling them for $10 each. So again, they found 5,000 shirts in a couple of hours and made them all Or they're lying one or the other. Yeah, I don't know which it is, but yeah. It's it's still bugging me. The the economics are flawed. (laughs) That is your objection to this movie? I don't think the economics stand up to to scrutiny. Yeah. And now he's in and they can't. It's too late to block them. Rad block them. A rad block them. Yeah. It's too late to hell track block them. They yeah. can't they can't get them out. They've tried everything. It didn't work. So now they're introducing all the twenty racers. Yeah, and they and they make a point of pointing out every one of them by name. And I'm certain that every one of those introductions was because the stuntman was an actual BMX racer. Yeah, and the sponsors wanted that moment of racing for Seven uh, Eleven or 7-11 whatever, or Fast yeah. Line, yeah, because they went through each of that, and that probably had something to do with the sponsorship. This was probably a deal for the film, yeah. And also, it may have been a thing that, like, if I'm going to act in your shitty movie, you're going yeah. to give me a scene, a scene, even if, if it's a, even yeah. if it's that half second. Yeah, because even as sports people, I'm sure they have agents. Maybe not movie agents. I don't know if the movie agents. No, it wouldn't be. It would be movie. Agents. It would be sports agents. It'd be like yeah. a sports agent that said, "Okay, well, I'm going to get a little bit of of you know." camera time for my looking yeah. right into the camera looking, this is yeah every one of them looks riding for mong oh and he, and he looks right at the camera like, yeah he's looking at me i remember i put a comment one guy's like jesus are you from the senior circuit this guy's in his 30s with a shitty mustache and yeah. but i mean you look you look at uh, tony hawk was racing into uh right. skateboarding into his late 30s and there's kids that are 20 and the average age i know you know so in, it's just in, this is everyone here so young and just that one guy stood sport, out yeah in this sport i mean that is skateboarding these 80s sports a lot of that does happen because people oh yeah to it. i mean it's crazy someone will be someone it just he stood age, out so much someone in my age will be like oh i was skateboarding to them like you're what <laughs> skateboards <laughs> like what year is this yeah go well. buy a vespa or something but yeah so they they go through each one and then the the and race the is off the yeah. three-story drop and, and away and, they yeah. go and, and it's frustrating because the music like i said th- this is supposed to be like the the pinnacle of this movie. This is this is the third act battle. This is you know the mission over over territory with you know with uh, Tom Cruise holding uh, those uh, dog tags. Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me. <laughs> and but they just they blow it. They played. Remember I said the music sounded like it was a theme song for a bad eighties right. sitcom. <laughs> And then, of course, in comes the shitty 80s saxophone. Well, it's probably just like the the 
the market person for this movie, the bike, the BMX rider. This was what they were listening to. They were too cool. To, Who knows? I think that, it's just. I just think they had a shitty. Just, I, I think yeah. they just had a shitty music composer, and oh, this is be, like yeah. you know, and it just they didn't bother. Like, there's nothing wrong with the sort of generic '80s with a saxophone soundtrack. Roxanne has that, but that music fits. It fits. Mm-hmm. This is just you could take this music and I could. I could I could put it over top of the full house intro and you would I swear to God you wouldn't know. Right. Or or, or any other eighties sitcom. Like that's how generic it was. And it just it sucked all the tension out of this. You know he's gonna win. Right. Like there's no like yeah, in ninety nine point nine percent of sports movies of this sort, the good guy wins. Yeah. You know, and that's true of the replacements which came out in two thousand or you or Invincible or you name the sports movie. The only there's very few sports movies I can think of where the good guy doesn't win. Though ironically, one of them is the movie Talia Shire is known for, which is Rocky. Rocky loses right. in the end. But here we ain't that clever. We're not that well. Yeah, we know what's uh, going to happen. We know what's going to and... happen. So there's no tension. And at the very end, like it's clear Bard is winning because guess yeah, what? He's he, a freaking he, pro. Through it, crew falls down, and then you see the twins take some people out. And yeah, then, because they've been told, take out crew. Yeah. The so twins have been told, you're here to be enforcers. Crew they falls down and picks up his bike, and he's making his way back to the front of the yeah. line, and then it's and, pretty much him, the twins, and crew. And one of the twins falls down, and then Bart takes out the other twin, and they're way ahead. The race is over. The, well, but remember, at one point, Bart's, Bart's going to win. He's so far ahead, and yeah. he stops because he wants it to be yeah, the, one on but, one. But first, he took out the other. It was him, and then the twin was behind him. I didn't know. Then, he, I didn't notice that Bart took out the twin. Yeah, he. As I, he I was just so off, mesmerized by the music. As he came off the so. jump, he, you know, flipped his back tire at the twin, knocked him over, and then that's when Crew passes and is in second. And then he stops, and he wants to take. Okay. Be the best. You got to beat the best. So he wants to take Crew on. Mono a mono. mono so he yeah. actually stops. We're talking million, potentially million dollar sponsorship. Well, hundred well, thousand bucks 100, in his pocket to win, and probably plus the sponsorship, yeah, plus and all occur- the, the action figures and everything else. Yeah. And he stops because none of that matters. He's taken out his teammates. Yeah, he's given yeah. it all up because he and he, he can't what? he can't yeah. get past the alpha male in him. He has <laughs> to beat the best, and if he's not the best, he'll own his yeah his his and, world. And, and I, guess what? He loses. He loses, and, and, and yeah. badly. And of course, at the end, how does Crew win? He doesn't just you know he doesn't just race over the finish line. He spins through the air as he does right. that. And of course, you're fired, kid. You'll never work again. Remember, I said if you're going to use that shitty line, it's supposed to be you'll never work in this town again. Right? Like, like they couldn't even get the most yeah. generic line but, from every B movie out there. They couldn't even get it right. And Bart was a dick, and Bart did. I mean, he gave up the entire sport to say, "I'm I'm a bigger man than you. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. take you on," and and uh, ends up losing. And, and yeah, it, it's yeah. But, but they're but, gonna bring him on to the rad racing yeah. team. Hey, do we have a space in ra- in rad racing? And they don't just shake hands; they raise his yeah. bike to the sky because you're never yeah. gonna work again. Thirty seconds later, later he's he has got a, a job. job. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be honest; he has a job in in, in BMX, Cochrane. Yeah. BMX yeah. racing for so, rad racing. Oh God. So. This Academy Award winner has now, we've, we've been flogging it for about an hour now. So, does it hold up for you? Does this Academy Award winner still bring you to tears? Yeah, I guess it uh, I guess it depends how you rate the movie. If I rate it on theatrical rate it how you rate value, it. if I rate it on movie value, no, it's not a great flick. But if I rate it on nostalgia and engaging the audience engaging for the audience. what it is, mm-hmm. 
It's entertaining. I can watch that movie again in a couple of years, and I'll watch it again in a couple of years, and one day I'll probably show my kids it. And it, is it a good movie? No. Does it hold up as a movie that brings out what the 80s was about? Is it a surface movie? I think it's a good surface movie. But I just think it sucks. I know. <laughs> I know. So, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's a hard one to rate. Well, that's, that that's not true. It's a good movie, except for the writing, the acting, the uh, the music, the filming, and the production values. Other right. than that, it's... And, and it's a story that's been done so many times. I just... It, they, they did it in a way that connected with me yeah. as a as an audience member. Fair enough. That's totally if, fair. If they would have done this movie... Well, you're a bad example because you you uh, you yes, criticize film, <laughs> and I I don't criticize it the same way. So so for me, it held up as a, as a movie. Yeah. I liked it as a snapshot as a of Cochrane. It was neat to see a snapshot of Cochrane from the '80s. I will I will give it Fair that. Enough. So right, maybe you'll go to bonus part. Maybe now I'll go to bonus. Go look for the wood pickets. I'm going to run that race. I want to I want to qualify for Hell Track. So right. So the, the good thing is is that as this podcast goes on, movies we thought were cool. Um, I thought this movie was cool. I still think it's cool. Rad, whatever. The funny thing is, is uh, you know, your movies, the ones that you know you've brought forward or that we've discussed, or I mean, a lot of these are blockbusters. They're like your. We're gonna do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we'll man, see. that film. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm, I'm assuming that's gonna be something along the lines of Commando. Um, I haven't seen the trailer for it. I haven't. I just saw the movie poster. I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, you like you think the music, the music in this movie is great. Once you hear "Yours World" by Discount Euro Trash Rock Band, so I think we're just going to leave it there, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>